0: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. It is Tuesday, March, March, Tuesday, May 5th, May the 5th be with you or something like that. Uh, we have already done a, by the way, subscribe, rate, and review if you like the podcast. Feel free to recommend to a friend. Never mind you, if you do that, just you know, text one friend and say, Hey, check out this pod. I love it. You would love it, too. Um... Coming up today, we uh have a way too early uh, mock draft last week, so we can take a, a way too early look at this week's this year's gambling, focus on some awards and uh we will break down the schedule whenever it comes out. Obviously, um you know, we'll have a full breakdown of week 1 gambling, division odds, team totals, etc. Some of those are still out, are already out there, which is kind of crazy, even though um you know, we don't know the schedule, but that's just—I guess that's just 2020 and gambling. Um, and you can also check out—we had a, a really cool, uh, uh, not a mini pod, like 20-minute song. Uh, remembering Don Shula, who passed on Monday, the 90-year-old Hall of Fame uh, former Dolphins and Baltimore Colts coach. Uh, uh, remembering him with uh, Pete Prisco and Jamie Eisenberg, both of who have uh, close ties to South Florida. Also, make sure and check out our show on CBS Sports HQ, our 24/7 streaming sports network. 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern every single day. Myself and the Super Friends break down the latest news, notes, and stuff from around the NFL. If you like this podcast, you will love that show. Joining me now to talk about schedule coming out, MVP odds, much more, R.J. White. What's up, buddy? Not much. How you doing? Um, I'm Good. I'm doing okay. How
1: are you hanging in there? I'm hanging in there what? I listened to the uh, Super Friends pod on Monday uh i heard breach make that a uh, revenge of the fifth joke yeah. i was like how do you leave revenge of the sixth out there wouldn't that be better since you go cinco <laughs> de mayo you go crazy and then and then on the 6th on you you're hungover as hell so that's- revenge of the six was right there and he was and he he decided to go fifth instead yeah that's
0: that's uh that's a huge miss by breach um did you have a good uh are you are you a big star wars guy
1: no, um, I like it. I have watched the movies, but I'm not like a you huge, huge Star Wars guy. Don't I don't know all the lore or
0: anything. You don't celebrate May Fourth?
1: No, okay. I, I, I will typically tell one person, "May the Fourth be with you," and if, if it's before noon, but I figure after that, everybody's already heard enough. So
0: I'm assuming, like, for our and we're recording this, you know, uh, at two o'clock on Monday, and our show uh, on, on May Fourth for. 4pm on CBS. I'm assuming Sean will be wearing some sort of Star Wars t-shirt. Probably a good bet. Uh, it's probably off the board in Vegas. It's such a heavy <laughs> favorite. Minus game. 700. Yeah. It's the, uh, it's the equivalent of Mahomes, uh, the Chiefs winning the AFC West, basically. And, uh, uh, oh yeah, before we get to the, that, um, how much, how much of a factor in, Independent of 2020, because I think 2020 is a whole different ball of wax. But like independent of that, how much does the, the schedule matter to you? And when, when you're looking at win totals versus, you, you already know the opponents. But how much does the actual schedule matter?
1: Yeah, I don't think it matters all that much since we do know the opponents. We know where they're going to play. Uh, you know, in 2020 they're going to scrap the international games. So that's going to be a little bit of a factor when you're thinking about these win totals. Teams getting home games back. But um, in general, I mean, you know everything you need to know. Sometimes the sequencing might, might make it a little tough for some teams, but, you know, I don't think it plays that much of a difference when, when you're, uh, that's why, if it did make a difference, they wouldn't post the win totals early. You know, they'd wait till they came out and they, cause they don't want anybody to get a little advantage there, since they tend to leak, you know, early in the day, some, some team schedules. So Vegas isn't in the, in the, uh, the, the business of giving away money. So, right. if, if, if it really had an effect, they would have held it until the schedule release happened. That, that that's a good
0: point. Um, and as you mentioned, no international games will be played. The NFL made that call. It's a little surprising, to be perfectly honest, that the NFL was willing to make that concession this early. But I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, you cannot plan to have fans traveling internationally or players traveling. I think the players would be a little bit easier. You know, you have you know, a lot of teams have private planes, et cetera. But so much of what goes into the like you are. A, you're sending a bunch of people over to international, like, places, like, whether it's Mexico City or London. Um, B, you're having these huge events in those international cities that bring in people from those countries. And so, I, I think you would be, it's, it's a pretty easy pass for me. I mean, I, th- I just, I just think, I, I'm surprised the NFL did it, but I think it's a pretty easy, it's a layup because you can't, you can't be telling you know, people in London, what they're going to do, you know, like you
1: just don't know what's going to be happening in the fall. So. Yeah. Uh, it, it's, it's a partnership too. I mean, yeah. London has to want us over there. And, right. and even if they have a handle on this thing at that point, which they, I don't think they do at this point, you know, we just don't know what, the, what the landscape's going to be. And, um, you know, it takes two to tango. So if, if they're not comfortable with the way the crisis is developing in our country and we're not comfortable with the, the way it's developing in their country, I mean, any, either one of those things happen and you can't have games there. I absolutely agree. Um, okay. Let's get
0: to, I think that, uh, that covers us for the, the news portion of the program. Was there something else that was announced that I that I'm missing on Monday? Monday was a weird day. Obviously the Shula dying and then the, you know, the continue, continuing on through the, um, yeah, I don't think so. I think that was it. Um, okay. Let's, uh, let's move along to MVP odds. You famously hit on Patrick Mahomes two years ago. Did anybody on our podcast get
1: Lamar Jackson? I'm not sure. Um, I think it, it talked about it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it was a similar situation, you know, to to the Mahomes thing. Guy, he got more playing time in year one, but you figured guy was going to get, you know, his first off season of, of prepping. He could come in and take the lead by storm. So I, I don't know if anyone hit it specifically, but it definitely had to be talked about. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know if we got on our pod. I know, I mean, there were people who had bet on it. Uh, William Hill
0: has the odds up. Our friends at William Hill, and um, let's uh, let's make some picks here. So if you Mahomes is the favorite, three and a half to one, which, I mean, look, three and a half, that's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it's not a little bit lower, but three and a half to one, again, it's just not great value when you're talking about a guy, you know, an unknown, the unknown of the season, you know, he got hurt last year, he missed time, clearly wasn't going to win. Lamar Jackson, six to one, Russell Wilson, eight to one, Deshaun Watson, 14 to one, Tom Brady, 16 to one, Breeze, 18, Dak Prescott, 20, Kyler Murray, 25, Carson Wentz, 25, Rogers, 25, And then you get into the, that's when the running backs start popping up with Saquon Barkley at 30 to 1. So I think that's probably anything under 30 to 1 is probably what we consider, um, you know, the, the, well, all right. So what would be your top, who would be your top pick right now if you were making a pick?
1: Yeah, you mentioned Mahomes at the top. He deserves to be the favorite, you know, and he is. I yeah. don't love the value there, but if you want the guy with the best shot at winning, take him because because he's the best player in the league right now. He's in a great offense, great weapons around him. They're going to probably be competing for the number one seed. So I think different it, different it just actual makes actual sense.
0: Offense somehow with Clyde Edwards-Helaire. I mean, yes, yeah. yeah.
1: so if he stays healthy, I mean, he's got to be the favorite. So if you want to bet on a guy that you're going to be rooting for up until week 17, as long as he's healthy, he's a fine one to take. I don't mind that. But I, don't, I just don't love the value. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't take it at plus 350. I'd want a little bit more value, but, but I don't mind it. Well, and I think too, like if you, let's say you're splashing on MVP bets and you're putting 10
0: to $25, you know, maybe you put a hundred bucks, whatever it is. Um, I don't think it's a terrible idea to take a third of what you're betting on the other people and put it on the Mahomes. Like if you want to put it, you know what I'm saying? Like you take some longer shots and put a third of that on the Mahomes. That way you kind of cover your bases if he has an incredible season.
1: Yeah, as long as yeah, as long as he gets it cuz you can't do that with everyone. You you kind of want to have a little bit of his stock, a little bit of Lamar Jackson stock, but but uh once you do that, then Lamar, you're you're I mean like like
0: the I mean the thing about Mahomes, Mahomes could have been MVP last year. Like he played really well. He just missed some games because of injury. It's just hard to win back-to-back MVPs. Like they, yeah. like you have to have, you have to improve upon an MVP season. And that was always the argument for Hall against Mahomes last year, um
1: that it would just be too difficult to pull it off. Uh who's your favorite a value pick then yeah you mentioned Kyler Murray at plus 2500 uh the last two years we've seen a second year quarterback make the leap and he's been helped by a great scheme with great talent around him I think all that applies to Murray with getting Hopkins in with uh with Clint Kingsbury you know leading that offense I think the Cardinals are a sleeper playoff team I think people are going to have some buzz building for them as we get closer to the season so if that happens and they make the playoffs and Kyler has a big year he's going to be in the conversation so at 25 to 1 I think If you're just making one bet on MVP, that's probably the one I'd make because it just makes too much sense.
0: Yeah, I would agree with you. I think the problem with that is Kyler was like sixty to one, and now has dropped down to twenty five to one. I don't think it'll get lower than that. It's just, I think, and we should clarify too here: if you're betting on the MVP race, don't bet on anything other than a quarterback. Don't do it. I mean, the like, it's the odds are just not good enough. Like, I what would what would Saquon Barkley? I mean, Derek Henry's forty to one. Chris, I mean.
1: Chris McCaffrey forty to one. It's just not happening. I mean Michael Thomas had a record year for receiver and, and he, he didn't get a vote. You know, it was unanimously Lamar. So it's just not gonna happen. Yeah. Uh and we we talked about Lamar earlier. That's what actually happened. You know, you brought up Murray was sixty to one, now he's twenty five to one. Lamar, if you got him early, was a long shot. He was probably eighty to one, a hundred to one, I think it was. He dropped down to thirty, so we stopped talking about him and we started That's looking right. for other other deep value shots that we could take. But that was the guy. <laughs> just because it dropped doesn't mean you don't take him.
0: You know? Yeah. Um, Cam Newton at 66 to 1 is kind of hilarious. Uh, he didn't have a team. Joe Burrow, 80 to 1. Daniel Jones, 100 to 1. Um, Nick Foles, 100 to 1. James Winston, 100 to 1. I'm trying to find. So I think all of those guys are a little bit outside of the range I like. I think there is a sweet spot. Um, and I agree completely on Kyler Murray. Like he would be, if I were, if I were putting it on somebody, I would put it on Murray. I don't hate Carson Wentz at 25 to 1 either. Uh, Matt Ryan 33 to 1 is, is fine, but you know, he's won it before. And so I think people would, you know, people would be comparing Matt Ryan's production to his previous MVP season for him to win. Uh, frankly, I think Josh Allen at 40 to 1 is, is a very nice value as well.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know that the stats are gonna be there. He's just not a guy that completes a ton of passes. So you're gonna to have to have a lot of running s- stats and some rushing touchdowns. Maybe was gonna need like ten rushing touchdowns to kind of people make that argument of of his all around value is what you gotta look at. Because Lamar didn't have great passing stats last year, but but when he got a thousand and whatever rushing yards and those rushing touchdowns and that that brought him up to that level. So is Josh Allen gonna do that? I'm not sure. Uh well mean I guess the reason I say Josh Allen too is like
0: I think there's a narrative if the Bills can up in the Patriots dynasty that would play into the, the possible, like, you know, Derek Carr in 2016 was you know getting MVP buzz and it's not like he was playing that well. I mean, they were winning games, but like, I, I just think maybe if Alan is, if Alan is playing clutch late in games and having good stats and not turning it over and his completion percentage jumps and the, and they up in the, 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 uh, the Patriots, maybe it happens. Um The other two guys that I think are, Actually, I'll say the other three guys I think are decent value. Um, I like, uh, Baker Mayfield at 50 to 1. There's a real bounce back potential there for Baker Mayfield. A better offense. Um, you know, better uh, protection in terms of adding Jack Conklin, uh, adding Tristan Wirfs, or is it Jedrick Wills? Jedrick Wills. Jedrick Wills, yeah. Um, and then, I mean, I'm, I'll, call me a sucker, RJ. Philip Rivers at 66 to 1. <laughs>
1: Yeah, good uh it could happen. I mean they're going to they're going to be a good team. You know, we expect them to be a good team. They they didn't the quarterback kind of held him back a little bit last year. Um, I think if the Colts make a big run, you're looking more at Coach of the Year for Frank Reich, and we'll talk about you know other odds as we get to him. But it could be Rivers. I don't know. I think they might run the ball a little bit too much uh, for Rivers to get it since they seem to focus on that in the draft, getting Jonathan Taylor, um, play some good defense. I don't know that the stats are going to be there for Rivers. But narrative-wise, you got to love it. If he goes there and, and they're competing for a number one seed, he's going to get some talk. Uh, all right, so who would be your favorite long shot? So you were talking about 100 to 1 odds earlier. You missed the guy that I have down. It's Sam Darnold. You know he's one of the big long shots at quarterback, but he was a high draft pick. He was considered a big talent coming out. We've seen some quarterback lists that would have him number one of the the, the last few draft classes coming in, even now. The <laughs> so.
0: program Dan Orlovsky has him number one over Lamar
1: Jackson. So if he truly is that talented, I mean you've got to like his odds at 100 to one. Uh, he didn't have as much of a chance to make that year two leap last year with the absence due to mono, but he still did improve across the board. And he's playing what could be a wide open division. We expect the Bills are the favorites with um, the Patriots, you know, transitioning. At quarterback, but who knows? If the Jets step up and they win ten, eleven games and they steal the division, there's going to be some Sam Darnold talk for MVP. So, hundred to one, I like it as a lottery ticket.
0: Uh, but for the record, um, on my my particular local, which, as I've mentioned on the sh- on the show, is I, I find it hilarious that uh, a bunch of these guys who are on this on this list ha- are, are have their full names listed out. Like Cameron Jarrell Newton is sixty plus sixty one to one. To win MVP on this site. Uh, they had it. I swear they had um, uh, Andrew, uh, whatever
1: whatever Andrew, Andy Dalton's full name is on here, which has just cracked me up to no end. You know, 999 times out of a 1,000, it's just a funny thing to look at. But you said Josh Allen at 40 to 1, and I'm thinking, which Josh Allen? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. That full name there, that actually matters. That, that's that, that's a good point. I don't think there's another Cam Newton they're worried about. Um I like the Darnold thing. Um oh
0: but my point on Darnold too, I was gonna say that on my local, uh Drew Locke actually has better is lower M V P odds than Darnold. Darnold's eighty to one and uh Drew Locke is sixty seven to one on here. Like, you know, your prices may vary. Like Baker Mayfield is thirty three to one on here. I don't love
1: that. Kyler Murray's still twenty five to one. Maybe I splash on Kyler Murray right now. What do you think? I like it. I like twenty five to one. He just I, I mentioned the the formula for getting an MVP at quarterback uh, the last couple of years and he just seems to fit it really well. Okay. Lock Drew Locke, by the way, twenty-five
0: to one or one hundred twenty-five to one on William Hill. Josh Allen, I got forty seven to one. That's not bad at all. Let me get this little Kyler Murray bet in real quick. Kyler Murray and Philip Rivers, what do you think? It's too good. Bet. Uh, yeah.
1: I would do Murray, I don't know about Rivers. Rivers is, is you can bet with your heart if you want, just don't put too much on it.
0: Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's talk defensive player of the year when you start to dig into these. And William Hill is doing this thing where they do individual pages for each of these, which is kind of interesting. Aaron Donald, six to one. Huh? That's pretty good for a guy who's won it three times.
1: Yeah, you can always get individual pages on William Hill. There's a More Bets button you click if you don't want. If you're just on the futures page, you click through and you could see it like we're seeing it now. Debo is good enough to give us the direct link to the individual pages. Um, So when you're talking about these, you know, you're typically looking for someone who gets a lot of sacks, but also you know a guy that that is a key player on a dominant defense. So with that in mind, I'm taking T.J. Watt. He's only the sixth favorite at six plus 1600, 16 to one, but he should have just as good a chance to win this as the guys ahead of him. I think that Steelers defense is going to be better than the uh, Texans. The Rams, the you know, maybe even the Bears, the Chargers that are on there. So I, I don't see why Watt wouldn't have just as good a chance as winning as guys like Mac and the Bosa brothers and TJ Watt and Aaron Donald. Okay. Um I I
0: like that as well. You could you could certainly see the Steelers having a very good defense. And I agree, like, you know, Stephon Gilmore's twenty to one, David is twenty two to one. I don't I think you're going to need an aberration type of season for those guys to win. I think an interesting name to at least look at would be Chandler Jones at 16 to 1 as well. Um, if Kyler Murray takes a leap and becomes an MVP candidate, um, and the Cardinals are a playoff team and Chandler Jones piles up 15 plus sacks on a defense that takes a step forward as well. The addition of Isaiah Simmons and some veteran pieces, uh, it wouldn't be crazy if he, if he ended up winning. I think Miles Garrett at 25 to 1 is poorly priced. Uh, Miles Garrett can lead the league in sacks and the Browns could be a playoff team and uh, he could easily win defensive player of the year.
1: Yeah, it, if you'd like the Browns, that, that would be fine. He has to stay on the field also. I mean, if he has one screw up, you know, how many games are going to miss this time? 10 you know yeah. the whole the rest of the season like you just don't know. So uh you're that's a little bit of you know that he's in the uh the watchful eye of the NFL is on him. So he has he better stay completely above board on the field or or he could lose him for at least a couple games and then he's Taylor right. Ch- Jones second place last year.
0: So I mean it's you know,
1: not that great. He had what like 19 sacks, 19 and a half sacks. Yeah, it's to follow that
0: up. Uh Derwin James is kind of interesting too at 25 to 1. You know if 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 the Chargers are again like the and I think the the key the 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 pieces that you're looking for are a, like, typically speaking, you're not gonna win this award if you're on a crappy team. Like, you're gonna, it's gonna, you're gonna struggle to do it, even though it's, even though it's an individual award.
1: Right, you're gonna to have to have somebody that that statistically stands out though, and I don't know that Derwin James statistically is gonna stand out. He's not gonna have the tackles of a top linebacker. He's not gonna have the interceptions of a top cornerback. You know, the cornerbacks that stand out. So even though he is the he could be the best player on a good defense, you know, you'd have to kind of look past the stats. And maybe it happens in a year where you know nobody really stands out statistically, then somebody can sneak through and win like that. But but if somebody gets to you know 15 plus sacks or somebody gets to seven or eight interceptions, it's hard for me to see Derwin James winning. I mean, Dorian James had his rookie season. He had three picks, thirteen
0: passes defense, three and a half sacks, 105 combined tackles, four tackles for loss, and six quarterback hits. Like if he if he has that sort of season, but a little bit better, you know, assuming he comes back from his injury healthy enough, and the Chargers are a top team in the AFC, and you know, top three team in the AFC, and and they're led by their defense in their run game. That wouldn't be that
1: wouldn't be insane. Um. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You've got. I- You got to leave people with plays that that they're going to remember too. I mean if he gets like five interceptions let's say – and that's the thing about – we're going to talk about uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year and I'm going to bring this up again – when you're talking about interceptions, like it's such a, a thin line between getting two or three interceptions to getting five or six. You know, it's yeah. just one yeah. ball batted up in the air, that kind of thing. So if he gets to five or six and he returns two of those for touchdowns, you know, and one of them's like a long touchdown, people are going to remember that one well, a couple more A pick six to, end the, to win a game and like you know, I mean, late yeah. season, yeah, They're you're going to say, oh man, they remember that Duran James play, you know, that that swung the division because he returned it 80 yards, and that's going to stick in people's minds, So he's going to get votes off of that. So when it comes to these type of vote these type of votes it there's just one defining play that you can't really predict ahead of time that if it happens you can see that guy shooting up
0: yeah i I mean look in it, it i agree it's like you need a heisman moment type of thing you also need uh actually which brings me to a good question what about friend of the program Marcus Peters, a hundred to one, a guy who likes to make splashy plays is going to be on a good football team with a good defense has a, you know, a reputation for just make ball hawking and, and getting loose. Uh, maybe he gets dinged if like he gives up some plays and coverage by the PFF. You know, PFF has changed this too. You know, it used to be just blind, like, you know, the impact that the analytics have had on these awards is kind of interesting. Um, uh, would you say that in generally speaking, it's better to go longer shot with these defensive player of the year awards.
1: Uh, I think it could make sense. Um, you know, my value pick here is Von Miller. He, he's been one of the best defensive players in the NFL since stepping into the league. He's never won the award. Uh, so if Denver is as good as I, I think they can be, I don't think they're going to like challenge the Chiefs for the best team in the, in the AFC or anything. But if they improve buying Vic Fangio's second year, you expect him to have a bigger impact on, you know, with the, with his uh, co- coaching capabilities in year two when he's installing his scheme. Um, I love Miller's value. He could have a lot of sacks. And if Denver's in the playoffs, it, it could be defense driven. And Drew Locke as a game manager, and all of a sudden people are talking about why hasn't Von Miller won this award? We should vote for him this year. What about Cameron Jordan? Cam Jordan, I think, had a lot of sacks last year. He might have been in the mix um, if he has good follow-up. Maybe uh, you know, it's just hard to say that they're going to have a. He's going to have a lot of opportunity, but you know, playing the Saints, you have to score a lot. So. If a team is throwing a lot against the, the Saints' defense, trying to score. The opportunity should be there, and uh, um, it's not like he has a lot of great um, offensive lines in that division. You know, he's going to get six games against the Falcons, Panthers, and Bucks, so he he could make a good impact there.
0: Uh, Average thirteen and a half sacks per season the last three
1: years. It's just it's uh, he's had a crazy late, like he's borderline making a push for the Hall of Fame. Yeah, the, and, and another problem with picking a guy on the Saints is that's. The Saints are always going to be defined by what happens on offense. It's Sean Payton, it's Drew Brees. So when they're going 13 and 3, people are going to talk about give a lot of the credit to the quarterback. It's going to be hard unless Jordan is leading, you know, the league in sacks and you know two or three more than the next highest guy. He's up in that 19 to 20 range. That's what it's going to take because you're they're not going to be one of those. You're not going to vote for him saying, oh, the Saints had a great defensive year. We should vote for their best defensive player. That's just not going to happen because they have Drew Brees on the other side of the ball.
0: All right. So who's uh? You said your value is Von Miller. Who's your favorite
1: long shot pick? Speaking of Josh Allen, he's not even on the board at William Hill. But if you can find long shot odds for him, I, I like rolling with him as second year player. He had ten and a half sacks as a rookie. He played part time, so if you can get him in the over a hundred to one, I kind of like him. As far as our options go, I'll say Ed Oliver at plus a hundred to one. You know, hundred plus one ten thousand, hundred to one. Uh, Don on the watch show that you can have. Uh, an impactful season on the interior of the defense and win this award. I think both of them won twice in the last, what, seven or eight years. And uh, Oliver has a chance to be the breakout star of what we think is going to be a good Bills defense, you know, talking about the narrative of if they win the division over the Pats and Josh Allen isn't lighting it up statistically, there's going to be some kind of a push to give it to one and somebody on defense. And I think he could be the considered the breakout star, the best player on that defense.
0: Yeah. And he was not a full time player per se last year, right? Uh, played. 54, wow, he only
1: played 54% of the defensive snaps last year? Yeah, those oh, young guys, I, you mix them in and, uh, you don't want to overwhelm them too much, especially right. jumping from, he didn't even jump from the SEC, Jump from Houston to, to the NFL. So he had
0: 54, played 54% of the Bills snaps on defense last year, had five sacks, 43 total tackles, eight quarterback hits, five tackles for loss,
1: two passes defense and one forced fumble. I mean, it, that's... It's gonna, you know, He's got to be playing what seventy seventy five percent to have a shot at this and getting sure. into that. But you would that think be able to fifteen sacks type range. But I think he could do it. I think their their defensive line is upgraded. I don't think the people will be able to key on him. And he was talked about as having an Aaron Donald type impact when he came out. You know that yeah. kind of interior penetrating defensive the, the lineman. So smaller. Smaller, smaller size, and guy better. who's going to get after the quarterback. And as offensive lines are built from their tackles on in, you know, people focus on getting good tackles. When you get a great penetrator on the interior, it's going to cause some troubles for those guards and centers that people can't. You know, th- those aren't the type of caliber players that can handle the top talent. So we've seen Aaron Donald take advantage of it, J.J. Watt, and I think Ed Oliver could be the same way.
0: So Aaron Donald played on 84% of his team's snaps last year. Well, you know what? Let's look at his, uh, I, I'm just, I'm trying to do the sack percentage here. So he played on nine hundred ninety 90% in 2018, played on nine ninety 90% of the snaps, 914 snaps, and 20 and a half sacks. So it's 914 divided by 24, 5, live math. That is a sack every 44, 44 snaps, 45 snaps. That's crazy. Uh, last year Josh Allen, uh, excuse me, Ed Oliver averaged a, a sack every 111, uh, snaps. So, it would be a, I mean, I, I'm not expecting to be a 20 and a half. Like, I think if he got to 15 from his spot, he'd probably have a shot,
1: right? Yeah, I think he'd have a shot there. And when you're looking at these long shots, you're not saying, I necessarily think this guy's going to be the best player, you know, in, in the league. I, I'm predicting that right now. You're saying, I think he has a shot to be in the mix at 100 to one. So you take that and uh, maybe he has a scoop and score, fumble recovery touchdown. You know, he can move at that size and uh, we'll see where it goes from there.
0: Yeah. Uh, J.J. Watt, by the way, played. I mean, you're going to need 90% of the snaps, I think. That's I think, fair.
1: Can Oliver play that? Um, I, I wouldn't. Th- you know, I don't know. But if he has a great start to the season, it's going to be hard to keep him off the field. You know, if he's got you know five sacks in the first two games, three games, then they're going to want to use him. They're going to want to use him as much as they can.
0: Yeah, fair enough. All right, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we will tell you who's a good bet to win Coach of the Year. Could Bill Belichick finally take one down for the first time in years? We'll tell you after the break. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field.
1: At Robert Half, we know talent.
0: Visit RobertHalf.com today. Okay, so the coach of the year odds were released by William Hill. Oddly enough, Bill Belichick is the favorite at 17. Uh, what is it? 17 divided by 2 would be uh, 8.5 to 1. Is that yep. right? Plus 850. My wife can't do that basic math. It's incredible. She asked me what 99 times 4 was, and I said 396 very quickly. She was like, How did you know that? I was like,
1: well. Yeah, that's a little bit of a mental trick that you just have to know, you know, do just, just subtract do, one four times. Yeah. Yeah. A yeah. Yeah. Yeah, hundred times four, she knows, I'm sure. And then she just didn't know the shortcut. Yeah. Devo
0: says, if she didn't listen to that. Don't worry, Devo. She didn't listen. <laughs> nope. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> is an unnecessary shot. Uh, so, but Belichick. It's, I understand, I think it actually makes sense for Belichick to always be the favorite because he's the best coach. And in particular this year, if the Patriots are good, he is gonna win. Like if the Patriots win 12 games, it's over. He's winning the award if the Patriots win 12 games the year that Tom Brady leaves. But Belichick never gets this award because they always expect Bill Belichick and the Patriots to be good. Bruce Arians 12 to 1 next. Kyle Shanahan 14 to 1. Mike McCarthy 14 to 1. Cliff Kingsbury 14 to 1. Frank Wright 14 to 1. And then Kevin Stefanski 15. Andy Reid 18. McDermott 18. Harbaugh 18. I think that these are poorly priced, RJ, because not to insult our partners at Wave Hill, but, um, I, I, to me, these should be priced. I, I Again, I agree with the Belichick thing, but like Bruce Arians shouldn't be the second favorite. He's not going to win coach of the year if Tom Brady goes and dominates in, in Tampa Bay. This award is given to somebody who like does is like the biggest surprise at a head coach.
1: But they're not giving you the odds that of who they think what the exact real odds are. They're giving you the odds of what people are going to bet, and you know the narrative is going to be there that the Bucks are going to be good this year because of Brady, so people are going to see Arians and they're going to say, it "Makes sense to me. I'm going to throw it on there." So even at twelve to one, I mean, if if this truly was priced poorly, you're going to see Arians shrink in this. You're going to see him go from twelve to one to the twenty to twenty to one, twenty five to one range. I doubt that happens. I think we can revisit this in August, and he's still up there among the top two or three options.
0: Like Bill O'Brien at fifty to one, uh, I mean the Texans could win ten ten to twelve games,
1: win the division, and he could get that award. They win ten games every year and win the division, and he never gets gets any credit for a coach of the year just because it always it always seems to be like something that happens to him, not that he's he's doing he's necessarily pulling the trigger. It seems like they're winning in spite of O'Brien, not because of him.
0: That's fair. Um, and Harbaugh won last year, right? Didn't Harbaugh win last year? Yeah. I mean I could have looked this up beforehand. Yeah. So Harbaugh, Matt Nagy. I mean I guess my point is like McVay won in two thousand seventeen. Uh Jason Garrett won in two thousand sixteen. What a world. Uh Ron Rivera in two thousand fifteen. Bruce Arians two thousand fourteen. Ron Rivera again in two thousand thirteen. Arians again in two thousand twelve. Uh Jim Harbaugh in two thousand eleven. Belichick last won it in two thousand ten. I just think they give it to people who they give it to the
1: biggest overachieving team. And that's what I mean, and it makes sense to me that Belichick's the favorite because if they do win, you know, it, we might, we should expect it because he's a good coach, but people aren't. If he does it with Jared Stidham at quarterback, there's going to be a big push to give him the award. It's going to be like they, they stayed put, and, and he gets credit for some of that too because he's the one making the decisions to stay put at quarterback. And if they do and he coaches them to a, a division, a number one seed, which is in the realm of possibility because it's the Patriots, I mean, there's going to be a big push to give him the award. So I wouldn't bet it at plus 850. I don't think you bet the favorite in these type. Of wide open awards, but it makes sense for him to be the favorite. I wouldn't, I wouldn't trash that at all.
0: Cliff Kingsbury's pretty smartly priced at fourteen to one, I guess. Because I mean, if the card again, if the Cardinals take a leap, he's a guy that can get it. Uh, what would be your if you were making a pick for this? Um, what would you, uh, what would you go with here? Your
1: top? Yeah, pick? I think. My best value here is McDermott at plus 1800. You know, we've talked about the Bills could be that team that breaks through, and he's shown the capability to maximize the Bills' ceiling when they look like a six-win team. He can take them to eight or nine wins. So if they're the talent of an eight and nine-win team, they could be competing for you know eleven, twelve wins, and maybe even challenging for a number one or number two seed. So if this is the year they break through and they beat the Pats for the division, and the Bills are division champions, I mean, he's going to have to be one of the favorites at that point.
0: Yep. And, you know, I actually thought McDermott had won it. He, in 2017 when Nick Vey won it, McDermott could have easily gotten it for dragging that nine, that Bills team to nine and seven. They had no business being nine and seven in the playoffs. Um, and he's, and he, so he, he was one of the candidates. Uh, what's your, uh, what's your, be- I
1: guess McDermott's the best value pick. What's your favorite long shot pick? Yeah, so we're looking for a team, like we said, that could exceed expectations. And when looking at the guys at the bottom, there's no true long shots unless you want to go with Bill O'Brien, like we said, at 50 to 1 or, uh, or Marone at 75 and nobody's taking Marone for this award. So I like Big Fangio the best at plus 3000. And the Broncos did a great job upgrading their team around their second year quarterback. If he, if he is even serviceable, you know, he didn't have to be great, but if he's like Joe Flacco level good, like that, that solid, you know, prime flacco run they're going to make a playoff run and if they do fangio is going to be in the mix to win this if the broncos are in the playoffs so plus 30 30 to 1 seems like the most realistic thing that's the same type of odds you can get on guys like lafleur and vrabel who just took their teams to the afc championship so if they're they're not going to get any buzz if they unless they have like a huge number one seed 14 and 2 type of year they're not going to get any buzz for this award uh so i would much rather go with the value with a guy like fangio
0: I would say that I I agree with that completely. I I, I actually legitimately believe that Adam Gase is good value at 30 to 1. I know that everybody hates Gase and doesn't, doesn't want, like the internet hates Adam Gase, but the Jets could win 10 or 11 games and win the division. Like that's, to me, that is not even remotely out of the realm of possibility.
1: I think with the way the Jets are built that if that happens it's going to be Darnold having a huge year and it's going to be Gase getting the most out of Darnold. So I would just rather roll with Darnold MVP at 100 to 1 and just play that lottery ticket. And that's that's kind of my Jets are great lottery ticket is Darnold at 100 to 1 MVP over Gase winning this award at 30 to 1. It's, it's probably more realistic like you said um he's going to be in the mix but uh, I'd rather take my uh you know take my stamp on long shot with coach of the year somewhere else. No no
0: that's that's a good point too. Uh, I would also add that Matt Rule and uh, Ron Rivera are interesting picks for me because both teams will have five and a half uh, – five or five and a half win totals, I, I would expect, when, when those are open after the schedule, and if the Panthers or the Redskins go out and win eight games – I think those, one of those, either one of those guys will get a lot of love. So if you think that the Panthers might be better than people expect, and it's possible with the way that they've done this offseason, uh, you could see, you know, if Matt Rule, first year coming from college, you win eight or nine games. I, th- I mean, that would, that would shock a lot of people and he would get a lot of buzz.
1: Same thing with Joe Judge, too. I mean, and you gotta yeah. remember, there's gonna be an extra playoff spot this year. So, a team like the Giants or Redskins that is completely off the radar right now could sneak into the playoffs and with a nine-win season, and if they do, you know there's no reason that you, that people wouldn't vote for Joe Judge or Rivera. Uh,
0: the other name I would throw out too, since we want to cover every single team, um, Anthony Lynn at thirty to one. You know they ditched Philip Rivers. They're going with Tyrod Taylor. They have Justin Herbert, too. So, I mean, you're dealing with Tyrod Taylor, a guy that people believe is a low-end starter, and Justin Herbert, a guy who's a rookie. They're going to go with Anthony Lynn style, which is running the football, using play action, and playing a lot of defense. It's a team that can be really good. Like, they have all the pieces in place to do it. And Anthony Lynn, um, while maybe sort of a, a bit of a a punching bag in in terms of, like, you know, how – we, I like, he is beloved for the stuff he does off the field. So I think if they sort of, like, those features pop up every year and it's good for him for doing it. So I, just, I could see Anthony Lynn, uh, you know, as a minority too. I just think there's a lot of different factors that could come into play for pushing him for a candidacy if they were winning 11 or 12 games.
1: And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like Rivers had great stats that year. They went 12 and four and the Chiefs beat out for the division, right? It's not like Rivers was lighting up the scoreboard. Right. Um, so if you have that type of season again, you know, it's, it's perfectly, in the realm of capability that Taylor plus Herbert, whenever he takes over, if that happens, if could, that, right. could do that at some, at, you know, a similar season. And if then there are 12 and four after getting rid of Rivers, he's going to get a lot of buzz. Yep, for sure. Uh, OK, offensive rookie of the year award. No
0: surprise. We've covered on the pick six podcast show that Joe Burrow is the favorite Um, Clyde Edwards-Helaire has moved down to six to one. Tua Tangavaloa at eight to one. Jonathan Taylor twelve to one. Henry Ruggs fourteen. CD fourteen. CD Lamb fourteen. Jerry Judy sixteen. DeAndre Swift eighteen to one. Cam Akers twenty. Herbert twenty. J.K. Dobbins twenty. Justin Jefferson twenty.
1: Anybody stand out to you as your as a top pick here? Yeah, the top pick is hard to make anyone but Burrow the favorite. You know, plus two seventy five. I still think that's good value. We know he's going to get the job from week one. They just got rid of Andy Dalton. We don't know that two was going to get the job from week one. We know Herbert's probably not. So if there's a quarterback that's set up to have a big statistical season out of these guys, it's going to be Burrow. So if I'm going to go with one guy. Plus 275 isn't great value on this this prop, but he's got to be the favorite, the narrative's behind him. So if you want to, like I said with Mahomes, you want to bet the guy that you think is going to be in it the whole year and have a great shot of winning, just take Burrow at plus 275.
0: Yeah, you almost wonder if they're in like a little bit of a – because remember, Sam, I like Sam Darnold. His value. I think I got Sam Darnold like 20-1 to one to win offensive rookie of the year, and he looked like he came out as the favorite, and then Baker comes in for an injured Tyrod Taylor in 2018, and – and then Baker just took off and, and it should have won the award in my opinion, but, uh, Saquon Barkley, uh, ended up, uh, ended up getting it, I think. So, um, this I don't mind. I mean, like I think Burrow is the pick probably because of the playing time and, and all that. I like Clyde, Clyde Everett to layer though. Six to one. If he, if he gets all the reps in that Chief's offense, come on.
1: Yeah, but how, how how much is he going to get to run? Like, he's not going to pe- pile up a ton of running yards because they have Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So you're not That's, really gr- grinding Hunt, out first downs.
0: Kareem Hunt led the league in rushing in that offense. Granted a different quarterback.
1: Like yeah, he didn't have Patrick Mahomes.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I mean what if he has 1,500 total yards?
1: Yeah, he's going to have to have, I think, a huge receiving season. That that would do it. If he sets, if people start talking about rookie receiving record for a running back and, and this is, and you start seeing his name put up with some other great running backs in their first year, then you're going to say, wait, this guy might actually be really good. We're going to have to vote for him for rookie of the year here. Uh, the last time,
0: uh, only once since 2010 has a non-running back or quarterback won it. That was Odell Beckham in 2014. Percy Harvin won in 2009. Uh, and then you have to go all the way back to Anquan Bolden in 2003 to find a uh, rookie, a non-rookie running back or quarterback. And so your, your, your value here, I think, tends to be obviously on the quarterbacks or, or running backs. I would steer clear of Ruggs, Lamb, Judy. Uh, I don't know that I would trust Jonathan Taylor. And you know DeAndre Swift, I think, are are bad values. Even J.K. Dobbins, because they're potentially in timeshares. And and look, in fairness to my point, Clyde Edwards-Helaire might have to deal with Damian Williams and being eased into the the workload. So,
1: I think there is something to be said for the fact that maybe Burrow is just good value here. He's good value. You set up. My, my, what I wanted to say in the value pick perfectly there. The award typically goes to quarterbacks or running backs. It's a great receiver class, so you're gonna feel the, the, you know, the push to take a guy like Judy or Lamb or one of those guys, but just they don't win the, those receivers don't win the award. You have to have such a good season to win the award as a, as a receiver that you should pass on those guys. So I think the best value has to be at running back, and the one I like is the one you didn't mention, because I think you probably think he has a better opportunity than these other guys, and that's Cam Akers at plus 2,000. You know, big opportunity for touches with Gurley Gone. We didn't see a ton out of Henderson and to make us think that he should be the lead back in this system. They used their first pick of the draft on him. They didn't pick until the the 50s, and their first guy was Cam Akers. That's got to tell you something about what they want to do with him on offense. He had a great combine. Uh, He should come in and get a ton of touches right away, and I think he's the guy that could have that 1,100 to 1,200 rushing yards season and win the award. Uh, Josh Jacobs probably wins it
0: last year over Kyler Murray if he plays all 16 games, by the way. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. so yeah, I mean, if you if I, I like that acres, you, you got a bank on touches. Now look, I mean, maybe Marlon Mack goes down and Jonathan Taylor is the workhorse for the Colts and they win 13 games, and and then that's you know that's a cakewalk for him. Uh, I I agree. I think you avoid. I wouldn't touch Herbert because we expect Tyrod Taylor to play plenty. Um, Tua uh, at eight to one isn't enough value for me. I don't think with Ryan Fitzpatrick hanging around there. And I, I, the only receiver that I, well, actually, who's your favorite long shot? I'll tell you what receiver I like.
1: Yeah, Michael Pittman is not getting the respect he earns. I, I said his name a lot in the draft pods leading up to this, you know. And then he went number 34 overall, probably higher than a lot of people thought he would. He was the first guy the Colts drafted. We talked about Acres being the first guy the Rams drafted. Uh, Pittman was the first guy the Colts drafted over and, Jonathan and Frank, Taylor. Right? He, he's like, tell me
0: why this guy can't be the best wide receiver in this class.
1: And despite all that, he's only 50 to one. You know, that's longer odds than receivers drafted much later. KJ Hill went in the seventh round, and he has better odds than uh, than Pittman to win this award. Tyler Johnson went in the fifth round; he has lower odds to win this award. That doesn't make any sense to me. He has a much clearer path to targets than several of the other receiver prospects, even in his tier, like KJ Hamler, or Leviska Chenault, those type of guys that went in the second round also, um, and they have lower odds. You know, so Pittman just 50 to one screams the best value. We don't think receivers are going to win it, but there's no reason he should be that far out side of the top receiver group.
0: I I agree. I think that's a great call. The other one I like is Brandon Ayuk at 33 to 1. If you listen to Kyle Shanahan's uh, post post draft press conference, he made it very clear he thinks Ayuk can play all the different positions that he's not going to be pigeonholed into one spot, that he can move around, that he and and if you watch his film from Arizona State, he makes plays in space, and that is perfect for a Kyle Shanahan offense. Uh, you can you know you can use him in, in the screen game, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it would be I think I I like Ayuk and Pittman. Um, and
1: Adrian, they traded up they traded up for Ayuk too. You have to kind of factor that into. They said they they,
0: no, they, said they were going to take they almost took him at thirteen.
1: Yeah, they really like him. You know, when you trade up and target a guy like that, or you use your first pick on a guy, that's different from from like the Jaguars taking Chanel where they. they you know, if if Chenault would have been available at the same time Michael Pittman and T. Higgins were, you know, maybe they would have went in a different direction. You just don't know. Yeah. Um, but if you trade up, you're specifically targeting that guy that you get when you trade up. And the Niners did that with Ayuk, so they probably going to feature him prominently in that offense.
0: Yep. Uh, defensive Rookie of the Year, no surprise. Chase Young, the favorite, three and a half to one. Isaiah Simmons, eight to one. Patrick Queen, eleven to one, AJ Epinesa of the Bills, fourteen to one. That's sort of surprising, I guess. Uh Jeff Akuda, twenty to one, Kenneth Murray, twenty to one. Chaseon, Klevon Chaseon, twenty five, Javon Kinlaw, twenty five, Derek Brown twenty five, CJ Henderson, twenty five. And then you start getting so uh who what do you think about the uh the odds there is the top pick with Chase Young?
1: Yeah, this can be anyone. We've seen Ed R- Rushers win it with good sack seasons. We've seen tackle monsters at linebacker win it. We've seen cornerbacks that rack up a lot of picks, uh, win it, you know, five plus picks. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore, I think, and Peters, you know, you mentioned Peters earlier. He had March, eight his rookie year. He 2017
0: won. 2017 and Peters in 2015.
1: So when I did my prep on Sunday, I started doing my notes to be prep for this, uh, you know, recording it the next day. I loved Patrick Queen. He was at 18 to 1 at that point and, and Epinesa was the third best at 11, at, uh, whatever he was. And I said 18 to 1, this guy's going to get a ton of tackles. He's going to quickly emerge as the leader of that defense, as, as a player at a position that they really need. He's going to play a ton because of that because they don't have a lot of other good options. So I expect him to be on the field the whole time. I think he might, quickly emerge as the, the leader even at his young age of that defense and he'd just be a tackle monster now he's down to 11 to one so within 24 hours after taking that those notes went from 18 to 11 somebody must have agreed that 18 was was ludicrous even at 11 i think he could be in the mix there to win and so i still like the value there at 11 yeah i would agree with that i think if you are
0: banking on if you're trying to if you're trying to pinpoint somebody now look both the bosa brothers have won it um but they're like transcendent pass rushing talents who st- were, were pro ready from day one. Had, I mean, and you knew it coming into the draft and they were both top five picks. Uh, Aaron Donald has won it. Uh, Sheldon Richardson has won it. I, th- I just think though that like, if you look back at the history, you know, dating back to like, you know, the last 10 or 15 years, the best bet is, is, is guys who can, the tackles, the tackle numbers, making an impact on a playoff team as a young player. And so I agree with you. I think Queen and Murray are probably the two best values there as guys who could step in and make a bunch of tackles on good football teams.
1: Yeah, and that, that's how Darius Leonard won it. That's how Keekley won it. Uh, yep. It's just they come in there automatically, just make this huge difference, getting 10 tackles a game every game. I think you need a couple of interceptions, too. And I think these – I mean – you. I was saying earlier, really, you just can't predict the interceptions. The balls can bounce different ways, but yeah. these guys could do that. I don't see why either one couldn't. Uh, Queen or Murray could do that too. Uh,
0: for the record, Darius Leonard had two picks, and so did Luke Keekley in their respective rookie season. Uh, Von Miller won it back, back as a rookie. He only had 11, only had 11 and
1: a half sacks. Um, and that's the thing where – That's why going with Chase Young isn't – I mean I wouldn't take him at the value at plus 350, but when you are the number one defensive guy coming out like Vod Miller was, um, that's the guy everybody's looking at. And if there isn't a breakthrough option otherwise, if somebody isn't getting eight interceptions or 150 tackles or however much you need, it's going to default to that number one guy. So Chase Young could get it with 11 sacks, 12 sacks just because nobody else has a breakthrough season. So he's kind of like the default king of the hill, and you got to come and get it from him.
0: Yeah, and Bradley Chubb could have done the same thing. He had to put uh twelve sacks, I think, in two thousand eighteen, twelve plus, and uh but Darius Leonard just had a transcendent season, so Leonard uh stole it from him. Comeback all right, do you have a long shot? Sorry.
1: Yeah, so my value pick on this is going to be Jeff Gladney at 50 to 1. He's going to have to pl- play a lot right away. Vikings lost three cornerbacks in free agency. Quarterbacks are going to pick on him because he's a rookie. And so the opportunity I think is going to be there for him to get to the five interception to six, seven, eight, whatever that he's going to need to compete for this award and kind of steal it away. So I like him at 50 to 1. And if you want to go longer than that, Logan Wilson is 80 to 1. He was drafted by the Bengals top of the third round. He should have to play a bunch right away because they don't have a lot of talent at linebacker. So he could be a guy that, so just like Darius Leonard Thanks, gets 140, uh, 50 talent. Tackles, whatever, and uh, and people are like, hey, this defense is playing better than I thought. Burrow's kind of leading them to the playoffs, but you got to give credit to the defense too. Why are we not looking at Logan Wilson at eighty to one? All
0: right, I like it. Uh, comeback Player of the Year. I'm actually sort of surprised they put this out, but what are you going to do? Um, Rob, uh, ben Roethlisberger three and one. Rob Gronkowski three point six to one. J.J. Watt six to one. Stafford seven to one. A.J. Green eight to one. Cam Newton ten to one. Alex Smith twelve to one. Nick Foles, 12 to 1. Miles Garrett coming back from a helmet suspension, 25 to 1. Antonio Brown, 25 to 1. Alden Smith, 28 to 1.
1: Deshaun Jackson and Baker Mayfield, 33 to 1. Your thoughts on the top? Yeah, some of these seem like you can light your money on fire with guys like Cam Newton and, and, you know, uh, Alex Smith, the guys that aren't gonna play. Uh this pick this prop actually opened with Gronk is the favorite. You know, it was came out right in the the wake of him unretiring. Now Big Ben's the slight favorite at plus three fifty. I think that's who has the best chance of winning. He obviously missed the whole year. His fill in quarterbacks were so bad that it likely cost the Steelers a playoff spot. Everybody says all Ben had to do was get healthy and be healthy in that defense. You know, they would have they would have really made some noise in the AFC. So if he can stay healthy this year and take the team to the playoffs, it's easy to see him winning this one.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the previous winners include Ryan Tannehill, who came back from Adam Gase, uh, Andrew Luck, who came back from a horrific injury in 2018. And then before that, it was like back to, uh, it was, uh, four straight guys, Keenan Allen, Jordy Nelson, Eric Berry, Rob Gronkowski. Um, all, Berry came back from cancer. The other three guys came back from torn ACLs. The year before that was hilarious. Philip Rivers in 2013, coming back from a, a bad season. That's all it was. He didn't change teams. He didn't get hurt. Nothing bad happened in his life. He just threw a bunch of picks in 2012, and he was – like, that's that's why it's, like, weird. You don't know what the criteria could be. Uh, Peyton Manning, the year before that, coming back from multiple neck surgeries. In 2010, Michael Vick came back from prison.
1: Yeah, yeah, uh, that coming back from a bad season is, would be your only reason you take a guy like Baker Mayfield at 33 to 1. Or, um, you know, a guy that, my guy that's my long shot is, uh, Jared Goff at 40 to 1. It was just two years ago. He looked like a Dark Horse MVP pick, uh, at least in a world where we didn't have Mahomes, you know, looking unstoppable. So if the Rams get back on track and Goff has another season like he had that year, 4,600 yards, which he had last year too, I mean, he, he put up two big yardage totals. And if he gets a 30 plus touchdowns with not a ton of interceptions while the Rams are in the playoffs, he's going to be in the mix to win the award, even though he's not coming back. From injuries coming back from just being bad last year. Uh
0: Debo threw this one in Slack at me, but I did I kind of agree. I don't mind Trent Williams at 50 to 1 as comeback player of the year. Now, it's gonna be hard pressed for a lineman to win it, but people love to hate the Redskins. They they were they treated him in terrible fashion. Uh he is still in the prime of his career. He's had injuries, you know, that the brain tumor stuff. Um, He could, I mean, if he comes in there and the 49ers are dominant in the run game and people are talking about how Trent Williams is playing so well and he gets 16 games in, it's not a crazy idea.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't envision how that would happen because it's not like the 49ers are going to take a step up from where they were last year. They're already in the Super Bowl. So it's not like he's going to make a huge difference in taking a bad team and making them good. And then you look at the fact that uh, I think the tackle, the sack numbers would have to be like historically low. If if Garoppolo gets sacked 10 times all year, then they're going to be like, well, you know, the, the thing was Trent Williams. But he's going to come in and all he's really looking to do at this point is solidify a very good left tackle that, that was there up until this point. If he is solidifying that spot and and it's business as usual, it's going to be hard for him to, to uh, gain the notoriety to do it. I think all these other guys on this list would have to play poorly. Like if Ben gets hurt again, if golf sucks again, if Nick Foles doesn't have a good year in Chicago, he's kind of a guy liked at a value going in there. Assuming he gets the quarterback one role, he could have a big season and take them back to the playoffs because they still have a good defense there. Um, if all those guys are bad, you're just kind of looking around for someone. You're like, hey, Trent Williams played 16 games. He made the Pro Bowl, or he, he's all pro. Let's let's give it to him. There's there's better Better
0: long shots at 50 to 1 is what you're saying.
1: Uh, what about David Johnson at 40 to 1? Yeah, when I was, when I sent these odds into Slack and said somebody to pick it up and, and mention a long shot, you know, after you say the guys that were best, he was kind of the guy I keyed in on. You know, they're going to use him a lot after what they, they traded away to get him. And, uh, Bill O'Brien wants to look like a genius. So he's going to feed him the ball, three downs. As long as he stays healthy, you could have a big statistical year. And if none of these quarterbacks happen, like I said, if, if Ben gets hurt again, then you could definitely see a world where David Johnson has the stats to win this award.
0: Mm, all right. Uh, Would you rather have Baker Mayfield 33
1: to 1 comeback or 50 to 1 MVP? Uh, I think I would take MVP. Like you said, it's just hard for all those cases you you listed were coming back from injuries or some other extenuating circumstances. Uh, you, so it's hard to have a guy that is just bad like Rivers was and has a huge year. Um, and as young as he is, I don't know that they they would want to give it to him as a comeback player in his third year. So uh, he didn't really, he hasn't really established a baseline to come back from you know after two years in the NFL. So uh, I would take him in MVP if he just blows up. Take those those longer odds and and see if you could win that one.
0: All right, Uh I would take MVP as well. I think. Um, I think. I just think. I, I don't think it's out of, out of out of out of. I don't think it's out of
1: control that
0: Baker Mayfield could win MVP I, I am buying Baker Mayfield stock before this season.
1: It's going to be hard though because they're probably up to win the division. You know, for for people to give him buzz. And are you beating Baltimore? Or are you beating Pittsburgh with a healthy – with that defense? And we assume a healthy Ben. It's going to be really hard for them to I, win that division. I, I, that also ups the difficulty, though. If, he, if they do win the division, they'll be like, hey, like they beat Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger. Give it to them. I think if
0: either Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield wins their division with – obviously with 10-plus wins, they're very good chances of winning the MVP. I would agree. Okay. All right. So that you can sort of think about that. Uh, we have plenty of gambling pods following the release of the schedule that will come your way. We'll drag RJ back on for another podcast. I am sure tomorrow we're going to talk to, uh, Jared Dubin about the best offenses in the NFL. So subscribe, rate and review RJ. Thanks as
1: always, buddy. Thank you.
0: The wait is over. The shy returns with new episodes on Paramount plus. What we'll bring you to the show opportunity? Everybody get there. Walk right up to the a new rain is coming to the south side
1: never should have sent a boy to do a woman's
0: job the shy new episodes now streaming visit paramountplus.com slash the shy to get a 50 percent discount off the paramount plus with the showtime annual plan offer ends july 14th the subscription auto renews restrictions apply